Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. You may be seated. Oh, yeah, and peace to your house. There you go. Good, good. Hey, uh, last week, if I'm right, we had almost 1,200 people watching by way of internet and Facebook Live. That's, that's pretty awesome. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and dive right into the Word this morning in a series called Going Green. Everybody say Going Green. And we're sharing biblical truth that will help to bring some financial peace and some financial freedom into our lives. Let's look in Proverbs chapter 3. And it says, honor the Lord. Everybody say, honor the Lord. Lord. And we could just put a period right there and let's go home. Because that is the message. That is the bottom line is that we honor the Lord. 1 Samuel 2.30 says that if you honor the Lord, he will honor you. The inverse of that is also true. That if you treat the Lord, lightly esteem the Lord, the same will happen to you. I don't know about you. I need all of the Lord in all of the areas of my life. Amen. And so honor the Lord. And in this area with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Look in verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. It is both material and spiritual blessing when we approach the Lord and how we handle things in the right way. Say this with me, if you will. God owns it all. Say it. God owns it all all. We're going to slow it down just a tick, and I want to be so deliberate about this, so intentional about this. Let's say it again. God owns it all. And really, that is our bottom line, and that is why we honor him. Um, The goal of all of this, and please hear your pastor's heart, I want to serve you by delivering God's word to you. That's what I want to do. I want you to have peace and freedom in every area of your life. And, I want, and, and Jesus wants that for you. He came and paid a dear price for that to happen. And I want you also in this troublesome area sometimes of finances for you to have some peace and to have some freedom. And when that happens, you get joy in your life. And joy, we understand, to be strength in your life. One of the major factors is what we call margin. Margin. Everybody say margin. And margin is important in our life. I like margin. Because the more margin you have, the less pressure you have. The less margin you have, the more pressure you have. Have you ever been late for something before, running just barely on time? Maybe a flight that won't wait for you? You know, or some important uh, appointment or whatever, and you're on your way, and you have no margin And traffic gets bad or a light comes on in the dashboard of your car, what do you start to feel? Pressure. Pressure. My wife asks me all the time, why do you leave so early? And it's it's because I'm a margin junkie. And I'm allergic to pressure. You are too. You get all red-faced and aggravating and aggravated when you have pressure. But what we need to have in every area of our life is margin. And again, the more margin, the less pressure. Without margin in our life, life kind of struggles. Life kind of staggers. Life stalls. But when margin is present, when margin is 
present, life seems to flow. And when margin is present, if your refrigerator breaks down, you don't. Did you hear that? But when we don't have margin, if anything goes wrong, we're like, what are we going to do? We're going to have to sell the animals and the kids. You know, we, just, we, we start our plan because now we're in panic mode. And margin, I believe that God uh, would desire that we all have margin. I know that you would desire to have more margin in your life. Real quickly, let me uh, share with you a little margin quiz. And the way we'll rank everything is this. I'm going to give you a scenario, and, and here's what it's going to create for you. Either a crisis or cared for crisis or cared for. You're driving along and your check engine light comes on. Your car won't accelerate really. Gears start to slip. You finally hobble into a a repair place and you find out that you need a new transmission. And the mechanic says it's going to be about $2,700. Crisis or cared for? Um, You're a young man and you fall in love with a young lady And after a while, you realize she's the one. She's the one. And then you realize suddenly, I got to buy a ring. (laughs) The average cost on an engagement ring is $4,758. You say, I never spent that much. Well, part of what drove up... (laughs) Part of what drove up that average is the Kardashian's ring that was about $8 So (laughs) kind of blew the average there. Crisis or cared for? You know, you're a young couple and, uh, you know, you come home, guys, and and your wife says, honey, something is off schedule this month. (laughs) And you race out to the drugstore and buy a test. And it comes back the winning color. (laughs) Crisis or cared for? Your kids seem like they were just eight. Now they're getting letters from colleges and universities. And they're about to take off into school. Crisis or cared for? And we go on and on and looking at these things. You suddenly find yourself in your mid to late 50s. And uh, you start getting mail from AARP. People start calling you sir and ma'am. You go to the gym and people hold the door open for you. And you're overworking out and they go, are you okay? And you realize, wow, I'm getting closer and closer to retirement. And I want to be ready. Crisis or cared for. And we can apply that in so many, so many big things, little things in our life and realize, do we have margin? And margin's not just going to magically appear. Margin is something we must give ourselves to. Next week, we're really going to look at how to create margin in our lives as well as some other things. Today, I want to share with you, though, some principles and a plan. And uh, we're going to move along. We're just going to scoot along in this. So please hold on good. Now, let me first of all say this to you. If we're not careful in our credit crazy consumer culture, we will make credit our default response to our needs. You know, some things I just told you, you know, you say, oh, that's no problem because I still have room on a card. Okay? 
We will make credit our default response for our needs. And then after a while, we'll start to make it our default response for our wants. Here's what happens when you do that. You circumvent God's will. It may not be God's will for you to have something. Or you circumvent, you go around God's timing. He may be okay with you having it, but not yet. And we say, I want it, and I want it now. And we also might circumvent God's provision. God may want to show you that he's God and provide for it. But I want it. I want it now, no matter what. And so we will go that route. Here's what ends up happening. Then we start to get used to not seeking God. We don't need to seek God because we have other ways to make some things happen. We don't have to wait on his will, his timing, or his provision. Then we also start to get used to not using our faith. And when you stop seeking God and you stop using your faith, listen to me, you're in trouble on a whole lot of levels in your life. Well, some people would push back and say, I don't really want to talk about finances in church. It's not spiritual. Look at me. It's about as spiritual as you can get. Because if you don't have this right, and you're going to see why this morning, if you don't have this right, it's going to throw off a whole lot of of other things in your life. Did you know, if you'll study the teachings of Jesus, that he taught more on finances and possessions than he did on faith, heaven, and hell combined? This is an important subject and is absolutely spiritual. And so let's dive into this. I don't like teaching on finances, and I've wrestled to the ground why I feel that way. And it's because I know that finances have been wrongly taught and so many places throughout, quote, church world. I want to make sure that we get it right and that we get it from God's word. Can I get an amen this morning? So let's look real quick at some principles. And I'm going to zoom through a a passage here in uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, verse 14 through 27. We can do it. And I'm going to read it in the message paraphrase. It is also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants. So if they're servants, he is the master He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. Remember that word, verse verse 15. To one he gave $5,000 and to another $2,000 and to a third $1,000 depending on their abilities. In the other translations, this has the idea to do with capacity, what you could handle. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Notice the wording. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the $2,000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him. Notice the wording. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, notice he's going to spend a lot of words here. Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways and that you demand the best and you make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, notice this, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. 
And that was it. There we go. Is that it? Yeah, that's all of that. All right, good. It was a lot. Here's the principles that I want you to get. Number one, God owns it all. Everybody say it. God owns it all. God owns it all. And so he's the owner, and the owner, don't miss this, the owner has the rights. And whoever he entrusts with it is a manager or a steward, and they have responsibilities. So God owns it all. So he has the rights. We have the responsibilities. Secondly, the amount is not important. Notice in this passage that he had the same verbiage. He said the same thing to the one who turned five into ten and the one who turned two into four. It was the same thing, the same reward to them. The the amount is not important. What matters is faithfulness. Thirdly, we are accountable to God. We are accountable to God. The ones with the responsibilities stand before the one with the rights. And so we are accountable to God. And then fourth, money is a life test. Money is not life. You know, I watch Shark Tank sometimes. And, and one, one of the sharks, you know, he says life is money. Everything is money. No, no. Money is a life test. It's a test for us. And the one failed that test in the parable we just read. Here is the test is that we manage well what has been entrusted to us. Manage well what has been entrusted to us. Um, how many of you have ever, how many of you know this game? Okay, Monopoly. This is well-worn. This is our family's Monopoly. I haven't played in a while. I don't like to play. Well, let me put it this way. I love my wife, Alicia. I don't like playing Monopoly with her. And here's part of the reason. Listen to this. The absence of mercy is the presence of hell. I don't like to play. But you can play this and you, you know, you pick your little token and, and we want to get, you know, here's the prime spots here, Boardwalk, Park Place. You want to buy up some neighborhoods, you know, in St. Charles Place and the, the, the purple stuff right at the get-go and get a railroad or two. And then after you get kind of the neighborhood going, you put houses on it. And then as you get the money, you're able to upgrade on there and you collect rent from folks. That's what I was talking about, the mercy part. And... And then you play and you play and play and then somebody wins and then guess what happens? Don't miss this. And then guess what happens to all the money, you know, and it was such a thrill. I remember as a kid too, when you got some of the 500s, you know, and you get all of that and then the game is over and it all goes back in the box and it's not your box. So in life, money is a life test. You can get it all. You can get it all. You can, you can own everything, so to speak, and think, I've got it made. But, you know, if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul, the Bible says you're a fool. And so it all goes back into the box, and it's God's box. And we can't take any of this with us. It's what we do with what he has entrusted us with is what really, really matters. Amen. So I want to share with you a plan. For some of you, this will be news Some of you, it will be a review. And so let's go ahead and unfold the plan here. Reveal the plan. 10, 10, 80. Everybody say it. 10, 10, 80. So I want you to please hear me out, okay? Everybody, please hear me out on this. Look at at me just for a moment. 
I have some choices this morning. Here's my choices. Not teach on this and keep everybody happy and help no one toward financial peace and freedom. Or I can stand before God and I can clearly teach his word and I can just trust you that you will respond to God's word how he would have you to respond. I have chosen the second one. I've chosen to stand before God and just lay it out to to give the truth of God's word with the right spirit and trust that you will respond appropriately to that. I fear God more than I fear you. I said, I fear God more than I fear you. Compared to how I fear God, I ain't scared of you a a bit, you know? (laughs) And so I'm going to do... And my goal, I know my heart, my heart is to serve you today so that you can move along and get more peace and freedom in every area of your life and in particular with this series in finances. Amen? Amen. So let's look real quick. We got to keep moving here. The first 10, 10, 80, the first 10% goes to God. First 10% goes to God. It goes to God and his work through the local church. And this is not a plan that churches came up with. This is not a plan a denomination came up with. This is not a preacher plan. Preachers didn't come up with this. This is something God came up with. It's something that God came up with. And he is the owner. He's the owner, so he has the right. He has the right to ask you. mm, He has the right to tell you what to do with what actually belongs to him. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, it says that the tithe, and that's what tenth tithe, that's what that means. The tithe is holy unto the Lord. And it actually means it is set apart for God. And then the end of that verse says this, the tithe is the Lord's. So get this, it never was yours. Never was mine, never was yours. The tithe is holy to the Lord. Look with me quickly in Malachi chapter 7. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. This is the Lord speaking, and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God, God is asking. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? The Lord replies, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe. Everybody say whole tithe. Bring a whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. Only place he says that in scripture. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 11, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So there's a couple words in here that I want to touch on real quick. Tithe, storehouse, curse, and blessing. Let's look at the first one here, tithe. Everybody say tithe. Tithe simply means tenth, and it's the first tenth. So whatever comes to you, whatever increase comes to your life, whether your paycheck from labor, from working, whether an inheritance, whether windfall, whether from something you you sell or is given to you, you are to give the tithe to God. Remember, it belongs to God, and it is the first. Scripture also refers to it as the first fruits. 
So it's the first fruits. It's not the leftover. It's not the last part. It's the first part. Scripture was clear that we're to bring the whole tithe. We don't have the right to slice it up and divvy it out how we want to. I'm going to send $5 there and $5. The Lord said, I want the whole, the whole, the whole tithe to be brought in. People ask the question, was it on the gross or is it on the net? It's all God's. And, and the, uh, it's a heart issue. Was it Old Testament or is it New Testament? It is both. And actually, it is, and some people say, well, it's law. No, it's not law. It predates the law by over 490 years. Well, what does Jesus have to say about it? Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, yes, you should tithe. The second word is this, storehouse. Everybody say storehouse. Historically, the storehouse was attached. It was an attachment to the temple. And this is where things would come in, and this is where things would go out to work, to do the work of God. As time has gone on, we don't call this a temple, we call this a church. And Paul said this, he said, you are to set aside and then bring on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, into the storehouse. We are to bring, uh, it is the church, it is where you are being fed. Next word is curse. Everybody say curse. This means to cuss out loud. No, it doesn't, but that's what will happen if you don't have financial peace, I'm telling you. (laughs) Curse means hemmed in with obstacles, powerless to resist. And actually, there's no penalty for not tithing, but there are consequences. There's no penalty, but there are consequences. It's almost like God has an umbrella of protection and blessing. And when you are under that umbrella, you are blessed and protected. But when you do not tithe, you step out on your own. Whenever we keep what would belong to God, you're essentially on your own in that area of your life. And so it would be better to be under the umbrella. Do I need to explain that any further? I should have brought an umbrella. I'm bringing one third service. It's best to be under the umbrella rather than out from under the umbrella of God concerning this. And then the last word would be this, blessing. Everybody say blessing. Blessing means this, that if you tithe, you will have at least one Jaguar and a BMW and... And a 10,000 square foot home. Look at me. I am lying. Actually, I'm teasing. And anybody who tells you that is really confused or they're trying to take advantage of you. Okay? That's not what blessing is. Blessing actually has to do with being empowered and helped by God to have favor, to have protection, to have provision. Protection and provision on what? On the other 90%. On the other 90%. I've got 10 $1 bills here. Yeah, I'm bragging. <laughs> and we just need to reduce it down and just see it in this way. I've got 10 100, uh, $10 $100 bills. I wish. <laughs> I wish. And guess what? The first one is not mine. The first one is holy to the Lord. If it's set apart, it's God's. So if I give it to him, the first out of the ten, if I give that to him, he has given the promises that we just, that we just talked about. Are you with me? And I would rather have nine under the umbrella, blessed, than ten on my own. 
Because I can't protect me. I can't bless me. I can't put favor on me. I can't do that. But God can. And God is saying, I'm not asking you for anything except to respond to me right and give me what is mine. Return is his word. Return that to me. It's your faithfulness deposit. Return it to the Lord. And he says, come under my umbrella. And I'll tell you what, that's where you need to live in this day. Well, I want all 10. It's not yours to start with. Why would you keep what belongs to God and displace yourself from the blessing and the protection of God? Return it to the Lord and get back under that umbrella. Amen? All right. Quickly. And don't be coming up asking for my ones, all right? Second, we got to hurry here. The second 10% is for saving. Second 10% is for saving. After you've returned to the Lord, pay yourself. Pay yourself and put it away. Put it away. Get some good advice on where to put it. I'm not going to take the time right now with Scripture, but the Scripture says even ants store up. And it says that, uh, let's go to this one verse here, Proverbs 21, verse 20. Proverbs 21, 20. The Living Bible says the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And so first 10% to God, second 10%, pay yourself, put it in savings. Can you imagine the margin you would have right now if, the, if since the first day you ever mowed the lawn, washed a car, babysat, or whatever you did, that if you'd done 10, 10, 80 your whole life, do you know the margin that you have right now? Do you know the blessing that would be on your life right now? And that's hardly the case for most of us. And so let's get it right now. Let's start moving from where we are to where God actually does want us to be. Amen. Third is this. 10, 10, 80, first 10% to God. Second, pay yourself. And then you live on the rest. You live on the rest. Now, manage it well using God's principles. Manage it well. Honor God with it. And God will honor you in that as well. Now, listen. The plan is 10, 10, 80. I can hear it. I can feel it. Some of you are saying, I, there's I, no way. There's no way that I can make that happen. Listen, you may not be able to dive all the way into that, but don't forget God. Don't forget these principles. That if you honor God, God will honor you. And I believe this with all my heart. Listen, listen. Any step you take toward God honors God. And God will honor it and God will meet you there. And God will help you there. So what you do is, God, it's a mess and I made it. But I'm turning to you. I'm acting on your word. And maybe you can't do 10, 10, 80. And remember, it's not a church plan. It's not a preacher plan. It's a God plan. And, and what you do is, I can't do 10, 10, 80 yet. But I can do 1, 1, 98. God will meet you there. And before you know it, you're going 2, Two ninety six, and my math won't let me go past that right now. But <laughs> next week, though, here's my point: make that step toward God. God will meet you there. God will help you there. Stewardship is not about giving. It's not about giving more. It's about reordering your world. It's about reordering your your finances and reordering your priorities to reflect this fact that God owns it all and I need to honor him with it all. And when you put him first, he will help you with the rest. If you leave him out of it, you're kind of on your own 
And sweetheart, this is no place to be on your own. And when you put him first, he will help you with the rest. And I'm telling you something, often in supernatural, unexplainable ways, God is able to do it. Get under the umbrella of God. No matter where you're at right now with it all, say, God, here I come. Here I come. And take that small step. Lean into it. Take a step of faith. I promise you, God will meet you and God will help you in that place. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.